Welcome everyone back to the Kingdom REI podcast. Happy 2021. Hope you're doing well. We have another amazing show. We got a great guest, a friend of mine. Uh, he's part of our mastermind doing some incredible cool things in the world of development and multifamily. And we're going to be really talking about an opportunity that he sees in the market uh, in 2021 about using single family uh, developments as as rental properties, just a, a really cool thing that he's launched a new fund for. So uh, this is going to be an awesome episode and uh, also have had the, the privilege of getting to know him within our mastermind and uh, getting alongside just another kingdom minded brother in the world of real estate. And so um, we got a lot of good things to get into today. So without further ado, let me welcome to the show, Mr. Derek Alexandrinko. What's up, brother? Let's go, man. I'm excited to be here. You know, if I tried to say your name twice, I said that kind of fast because I, I don't know if I could actually master that again, but I, I think I got it right. Well, I don't think I learned how to spell it until I was probably in the fourth grade. It's <laughs> yeah, okay. that's tough, man. Like, <laughs> what did you do in, in, in elementary school? Did you yeah, just We used to out? take those uh, standardized tests. We ran out of the little circles. They didn't even have enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. That, that's, that's, that's tough. Well, um, dude, I'm, I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for, for coming on the show. Tell our audience um, where you're at in the world and uh, just your focus right now. And I, I want to back up a little bit, but but give us a brief bio, man. Yeah, I'm down south, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana. I was born and raised here. Um, live here with I got three little kids and my wife, uh, Bree, and she keeps me grounded. Uh, we've been married for almost 11 years now. Been doing real estate space for about 20 years. Got it started when I was 19 uh, back in college in the single family space and just been slowly adding to it from there. So, you know, we're, and I, we're going to dive into this later in the conversation, but, but give us a, um, kind of a, a brief glimpse into what you're doing now to, you know, kind of give an idea of what we're going to be talking about. Cause I think it's such a unique opportunity and what you're doing. You know, we've had a lot of conversations in it around the mastermind. And so, you know, what, what is this opportunity that we're going to be talking about later in this conversation? Well, I'm a general contractor and a developer. I started building my own rent properties about six years ago. Um, just found that it's just easier for me to build them from scratch. So we opened up a fund this year where we're starting to do entire communities of single family houses, uh, but we operate them as a multifamily asset. So we're bringing together the, the advantages of single family houses and the advantages of multifamily assets. So really excited about it. Yeah, that's, you know, especially in light of COVID and, and, you know, how things are changing and trends are changing in 2021. I'm really looking forward to chatting about this. I think people are going to really be interested. So looking forward to that. Man, let me let me do this. Let me pray for us. And I know there's a lot of things we want to get into just about um, kind of your growth and coming into our community and really um, being around other kingdom-minded leaders. I, there's just so much, I think, for us to, to get into in this conversation today. So let me just ask the Lord to bless it and we'll jump in. God, we thank you again. Thank you for a time to just sit down with Derek and to I hear his story and I pray that it would minister to us and the things that you were putting on his heart and mind to do in the world of real estate um, that are really uh, taking care of others and advancing your kingdom. God, that might challenge, encourage, and equip us to do greater work for you as well. Uh, thanks for this platform of podcasting to allow us to share uh, ideas like this um, with the world. And so we I uh, pray that you bless this time and that you would take care of all who are listening. Um, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So 
let's back up a little bit, man, in, in terms of kind of, you know, where we met and you coming to the mastermind, um, you know, we have a, for those of you who are listening, Kingdom REI is a mastermind for faith-based real estate operators. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, this idea of being kingdom-minded, being in the world of real estate, like, has that always been the case for you? Um, how is this beginning to kind of form and develop in your own heart and mind over the past year, but maybe even before that? How, how, how is this being fleshed out right now? We'll go back a little further. I've always done my real estate solo. And when I mean solo, I, out of all my properties, I've, I've bought maybe two or three with a couple of guys I used to work with. So for years, it's all, I've always been doing it on my own, my own capital, my own guarantees. Um, and through podcasts, I didn't listen to a podcast until last summer it was the first time I ever listened to one. Yours was probably the third one I, I ran across. And through that, it's led to all this growth in network, becoming part of the mastermind, meeting great people there, partnering up, and really expanding what I think I could do to help expand God's kingdom through my business and my real estate. Was that something you didn't realize or see before this past year that your business was a vehicle for God's kingdom? Or is that something new or is that something you heard of and, and never didn't have vision for? I mean, tell me, tell me what's changed. I've always looked at it like I wanted to be responsible with everything that he's blessed me with and everything I've been given. Um, but as far as using it as an instrument to expand his kingdom, it, it was just going so slow to where it was always just adding um, organically a couple more units here, a couple more units there. So the impact didn't feel that large. I was able to support, you know, local things. And my wife is a big giver. So whenever she sees somebody in need, she, she's definitely the giving arm of our family. Um, so I've been able to do those things. But over the last year and becoming part of the mastermind and just seeing how much larger, you know, I think I'm being... Uh, he's pulling me in that direction, do more for my kingdom and use this uh, yeah. to do that. Why do you think that is, man? Like, I'm curious, is it um, just from your experience, you know, is it just being around, like, what was the trigger? Is it just being around people who who had a bigger vision or pushing you? I mean, what, what ignited even what we're going to talk about today, you going and launching, you know, what's going to be a pretty large fund and taking on a pretty big project. Like what was the, the igniter for that? I'm curious. Cause I haven't actually really heard this. I just know what you're doing and I'm pumped about it, but what was the trigger? Yeah, I think coming in and, and meeting with some of these other like-minded you know, Christians that are out there running their businesses and we just really get to the root of it because it's always an issue. Like, am I trying? It, it, you, you, you don't want to feel greedy. Like you don't want to be out there hustling and grinding and, for the sake of yourself. And I think a lot of business owners always struggle with that. It's like, am I trying to get too much? Why am I trying to get that? So when you get in a group with other Christians and they say, no, we're doing this for this reason, not for us, not for, us, not for our own glory, but for his so that we could do more, have more impact in the communities that we build or buy and giving back to charities, all, all these other ways that we could really expand our reach to, to really um, bring more people to Christ and have a positive impact, you know, in, in everyone around us. And what's interesting about that, Derek, is like that is, it seems like that's fueling you more to do more, to think bigger, you know what I'm saying? Like to, to, to even take on more responsibility where you would, you know, some might say, well, man, if I'm, you know, if I'm not, you know, if I'm building someone else's kingdom in a sense, why would I work 
as hard or whatever, but it seems like that's had the exact opposite effect on you. Yeah, I, I, you, you know, definitely don't want to get comfortable in, in what you're doing and um, stagnant, like just doing the same old thing. So uh, through COVID and, and all the Zoom meetings and everything, it, it was a, a big pivot on last year in the way I was thinking as a Christian and as a business owner and completely just re rearranging the entire focus, um, you know, and but a, a good friend of ours, Abel, he's the five talents guy. Uh, that story from the Bible where, you know, you do a good job with the little and he gives you more, go out and do it more. So I feel like I'm at that point where he's like, you did it okay with what I've given you so far. Now it's time here's to do it even bigger. Yeah, that's huge, man. I mean, one of the questions we talk about a lot together, right? And we just even were talking about this yesterday is if God was a stakeholder in your business, are you confident that he would double down on his investment next year? You know, and I just think it's such a good heart check for me of like, would I be proud of the returns that I made? You know, that I could be like, God, you for sure got to come in this again. You know, like it's time to double down your investment because in some ways he he can, he will. Um, so I love that, man. I love that. Well, I, I'm really excited to spend the bulk of our time on this opportunity, Derek, uh, about what's happening. By the way, you know, um, the Kingdom REI Mastermind, uh, we have an incredible year planned. Um, go to oneconnectionaway.com if you're interested. Uh, we have a couple in-person events, workshops, really is geared for high-level um, current real estate operators that are uh, doing or wanting to do bigger things in this industry for God's kingdom. And uh, we'd love to chat with you there. So oneconnectionaway.com. But Derek, let's talk about uh, this this fund you got going on. So you are you you got your GC, the GC experience so you have the development experience and what you're talking about is um using your development experience to really build communities that are single unit dwellings and then really operating them as multifamily correct correct it's going to be fully entitled individual lots let's just say the one we're doing now is 100 units um, we can sell those individually, like a, a normal neighborhood, you know, development where you could sell them off, but we're going to keep them under one ownership and we're going to have property management, asset management, just like a, a larger multifamily apartment complex. And, you know, this particular one's gated, so it, it'll feel more like one uh, congruent property instead of just a random subdivision with different houses in it. So let's talk about first, like the environment before we get into the actual details of the project. Why this now? Like what, you know, in terms of just what you're seeing happening and trends in the economy, why, why do you feel like this is the right time for something like this? Well, I've been doing it for a few years on a smaller scale and th they always ran out before I'm even finished building them. Just the, the plan, the design we were able to implement, you know, you have a lot more control whenever you're doing it from scratch. You could do exactly what you want. Whenever you're buying an existing house or a multifamily property, you kind of have to work with what what is already there and make it look as good as you can. So they're really cool, you know. Even though they're small and efficient, you know, so we get the good tenants because they they look really cool. But in the market, we're capturing people that are either selling and downsizing their home. They no they no longer want that. They want somebody to come and mow their grass. You know, they still have a little their own little yard or front porch their own driveway, but they're, they're just tired of the large upkeep of their own home. And we're also getting people that are moving out of normal apartment complexes, want to have a little more space, uh, 
you know, they're tired of hearing people stomp around upstairs, you know, and then COVID, you know, rolled through and that is just, you know, um, spurned it on even further. Tons of people leaving, you know, wanting a little more spread out, working from home, all of that stuff that was thrown into the mix, you know, after, even after we already started looking into doing this. Right. In terms of affordability though, like the price of land right now, the price of construction, um, you know, I mean, one of the reasons we buy established, stabilized multifamily is, is really sometimes we're, you know, it costs more, it can cost more actually to build a multifamily apartment complex. Um, then, you know, then, I mean, the replacement costs can, can oftentimes be more than what we're buying it for. So I'm curious in your model in terms of affordability, you know, how you're making that work. Can you speak to that? Oh yeah. And I could definitely say when you're doing, you know, um, the, the B and C class, these, these types of large multifamily properties that everyone's trying to find, you can't build those anymore. First off, the fire codes, everything has changed. And, you know, you have to do sprinkler systems, all the other things that makes it astronomical to, to build a 400 unit apartment complex. That's why these large groups that do that, that that's their space. They could, they could keep being successful there. I don't want to go into that space right. because it is such a large task and it is very expensive to, to develop those. Um, but we've got them, you know, they're more efficient, they're smaller, simpler construction. So we could do the economies of scale on these units uh, when we roll them out. Lumber prices this last year has made it tough because there's been such a huge spike uh, since COVID's come through. So that's something we're having to fight against. But in general, you know, with the relationships we have with our suppliers and with the subcontractors, when they know that we're rolling out 10 houses a month for the next year, we could we could work some pretty good deals to drive down the costs on on all those units. Right. You're really doing this at scale, which kind of definitely definitely yeah. makes that. And in terms of land and finding land, I mean, where where are you doing this at and how are you really acquiring that? Well, we're focusing on the southeast in Texas uh, with this first fund and the way we're finding the the tracts of land, uh, generally 10 to 20 acres, but we're lo looking at the tax rolls. We're doing a large scale by county or parish and really pulling all the tracks that meet our, you know, our needs. And then we're just reaching out to those folks, trying to option while we're doing our entitlements. So we're not actually buying them until we know that we could get it through planning and actually do what we want with it. Right. So not so much even stuff that's listed on the market. You know, we're having a lot more success going out and negotiating with the landowners directly. In terms of kind of your vision of the community itself, man, I'm curious like to think about, you know, with apartment communities, we can have a resident advisor, a leader, right? Who's in there and building relationships with our residents. And there's a real spiritual component there of you're building relationships. And if you have really good advisors or community leaders, there's a way to really share Christ and, and, and make a huge impact. In terms of this, you know, people are living in homes, you're building a community. W what are the potentials for real transformation in terms of kind of, you know, individual life transformation and something like this? Is that is that a dream of yours of how you really begin to implement that into a community like this? Yeah, I mean, a few of the smaller, the simpler things that right off the bat that we know we want to try to implement is apartment life. I know you, you're, you're familiar with them. We would love to, to work with them on this. And also, Ramsey Plus is an easy thing for us to implement just to make sure that everyone there is working to get their financial situation as healthy as it can be. Um, but beyond that, as we're moving to different markets, we plan on doing two or three of these communities 
in each market that you know at the same time so we have even larger scale so if we're going into mobile alabama we might have two or three that we're trying to develop at the same time we are probably going to choose to do one of those more focused as retirement you know so it's going to we're going to, we're going to have the community center in the front that'll have like the nurse's office doctor's office and those types of those types of things and i definitely think there's tons of opportunity there to to do even more outreach you know, with, with in yeah. those types of situations. So yeah, you you can really create community centers or places for people to really gather and do right. and do things like that. You know, especially when you you have the land and you're developing it, man. It's it really is wide open. Um, really interesting. So I'm curious, in light of you know the difference of what do you think is the biggest difference in the business plan and and doing this in 2021, let's say versus if you were to do this three years ago, what what, what is the, the biggest opportunity or maybe the biggest difference in, in the way that you're gonna be executing this? Well, the opportunity now is, is COVID. That's changed everyone's way of thinking. They all love having more space now. Um, it, it seems like there's a big population outflux from the city centers, uh, which is good for us because we're looking more in the secondary and tertiary markets. Um, and, you know, three years ago, I mean, really that it just it's allowed us to have the larger model of to, to wanting to scale this up that is accelerated you know our approach everything that's happened over the last few years right right so let's talk about this fund man like as an investor coming into this i mean what does that really look like because it's this is you know how long is it taking you to acquire the land because you're you're raising this fund essentially because you need you know the capital to purchase the capital to, to construct i mean what is from an investor level, what does that really look like? What is the, like how, break down this fund, kind of how, like walk us through how you set this up and then, you know, how you're really executing in terms of bringing on investors and what that's going towards. I'm, I'm curious, let's start in kind of how you set this fund up. Sure, well, we set up the fund, it's a 506C. Okay. Um, so we could advertise and talk about it all we, all we want, but yep. they have to be accredited investors to be able to come into it. Um, it it's a 50,000 minimum. And we have three. Yeah, why'd you go the Why'd you go the accredited only route? Because of the scale, you know, okay. we're we're at forty million is is what our raise will be. Um, and my network, I haven't. I'm not traditionally a capital raiser, so um, I just thought that that's definitely whenever that type of number would be the way to go. Yeah, you know that in order to go to forty million, you got to go outside of your personal network to really that's get right. there. Yep. Yeah, makes sense. So we have three types of shares. We have just some regular debt shares that are set up for three years and then they get their preferred returns and then they would be out. Um, but the fund life is 10 years. So the class Bs, they get to reap the rewards on the back end as we sell off these communities. So um, it, it's 6% you know, preferred on those and then the back end share. Do you have a class A share where you're doing a, a straight pref? Yeah, straight pref and uh, we have a fifty a fifty thousand and then we have a hundred fifty thousand, you know. In so have, order so class A share meaning they've been put in hundred and fifty K, then they just get a straight line interest, correct? Right. And what's right. that at? Uh, the one fifty is at ten percent. The okay. fifty if they just do fifty, it's at nine percent. Okay. For three years. Got it. Oh, so it's three years. So you like that because maybe your cost of capital is a little bit less if they do. I mean, it's nice for the investor to get a predictable return, but for you, you can pay less on the, you're paying less overall for the life of the project, correct? Right, on the backside, we end up making up what we're paying a little more 
on the preferred. Yeah. Right. And in terms of like, is what you're raising, what does that go towards in this process? I mean, I imagine you can get pretty, pretty good financing on construction costs right now. So the equity you're raising, the majority of that is being allocated towards what? Yeah. I mean, that's when we go to do an acquisition and construction loan, um, with, we're working mostly with community banks just for the speed. Um, I, I have a good relationship with them. So uh, they operate a little bit faster, uh, kind of a good old boy system compared to trying to go agency or HUD. Right. Because the paperwork on HUD would just, it, it takes so much longer. These are smaller developments for us. So we want to be a lot more nimble, able to start and stop, you know, if we need. And the community banks really work with us well in, in that respect. So this is just like the down payment portion that we need to bring to those deals. Uh, a large, we are making a, a large amount of equity when it's stabilized, but up front, these banks still want us to come into it with something. So that's where the limited partners and the equity come in. Right. And um, in terms of like you're raising this fund, it, you know, what is like, what's the timeline in terms of what you got to get for zoning? You know, I'm sure there's, there's studies that have to go into the ground and whatnot. What is the, what is the timeline and process for each development? How quick will you begin to kind of, you know, see this thing, your vision really start to uh, come to fruition? Well, I mean, a, a, a general answer would be six to nine months probably for entitlement, but that varies you know, based on where you are and where you're located. So what we're doing- And I imagine that's probably a big part of your market criteria, right? Is like, oh yeah, how, you know, you just can't go anywhere and do this. You want to make sure you're in areas that you can move relatively quickly. California would probably be not one of your- uh, one of your They're targets. not on the list, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you're exactly right. There are, you know, we, before we even start, you know, negotiating with landowners, we go in and meet with the county or the parish planning commission and just make sure that we're on board and that they are, it's an environment where we think we could- get things pushed through because the red tape could, could really wear you out and, and right. hit, make you hit a roadblock. So what we did with this first one is I purchased it and entitled it before we even put it in the fund. So it's de-risked. And we, I just did that because I wanted it to really have the fund kind of jump started. Um, so that one's already going to be through the entitlement process. So whenever it hits the fund, it's, it's you know, shovel ready. And we just start, you know, doing the infrastructure improvements from that time, because if not, it would be sit sitting there for six months, nine months while you're going through that. So right. we wanted it to be able to start from day one. Right, right. What what are the big risks you see right now in this? I mean, we see the rewards. It seems like there's huge demand for this. Um, you're in control in terms of what you can do on the property. We really like that. But you know, in terms of kind of maybe what you are still dependent on, what is that? Yeah, I mean, the, there are risks um, as far as, I mean, if if the prices of the supplies continue to go crazy, if manufacturers aren't able to get back online, hopefully in 2021, to where some of these prices start to stabilize, that could really, you know, eat away at some of our returns. Um, but other than that, I mean, we're really de-risking a lot of this by, by trying to entitle it before we actually purchase it. Because that in development, that is your biggest risk. Yeah. Once you get to that point, you know you have a, a viable project, but getting to that point is, is the hardest part. Right. If there was someone listening that, you know, if, there, if, there, if there's a contact you're really looking for, I mean, even think about, yeah, you talked about if there was a way to insure contracts, right, for building costs and whatnot, that could, I mean, what, what are you still looking for? I mean, it seems like you got the fund, you're, you're you know, of course you're looking for investors will give people an opportunity to uh, learn more about your company there, but 
what are some key connections maybe you're looking for to help with this vision uh, of someone who might be listening? Who would be a key contact? Well, I mean, as we grow and start doing more of these subdivisions, we're definitely going to be looking more into alternative means of construction, you know, whether it's modular or um, SIPs, um, ICFs, there's different types of construction. And as these prices of materials change, um, some become more, you know, attractive than others. So yep. uh, folks in those um, arenas, it's, it's always an interesting conversation to try to get it to work. And it's going to be easier for us when we're talking about 100 or 150 homes versus a one or two home development uh, to try to make those numbers work because uh, that's what a, a lot of this alternative technology needs is just the volume to kind of get it more mainstream. Right. right. Guys, I mean, this is, I love this, man. I mean, this is still in a sense, you know, commercial rental real estate, which I'm a huge fan of in 2021 and really for the next decade. I mean, you look at where we are in terms of housing prices at an all time high. Uh, yes, we have, you know, low interest rates, which is great for you as an investor in the sense of, you know, like you, you don't need a, a, um, a huge cap rate if we have low interest rates but also what that is fueling is even increasingly higher prices of home sales um and so what derek's doing you know is, is very similar to what we're doing on the apartment side he's creating an opportunity to come in and live in a nice place um and you don't you know you don't have to shell out your entire you know life savings in order to to purchase it um you know in this case you can still live in a very nice respectable home brand new for very affordable and so i think it's um, opportunities like this, man, are really out there. And so Derek, I've loved hearing about it and sharing it with us, man, just cause you know, like we always said, like there are ways to, you know, I love like what I love what you're doing, man. It is the kingdom capitalist kingdom REI model in that, uh, you're, you're using the vehicle of wealth creation, um, to really have an impact on people's lives, man, and providing a home and shelter and a community where they can build and raise a family and, and connect with, um, other individuals and, you know, maybe even potentially um, hear about Christ for the first time. And so, brother, just excited about this opportunity, man. I was telling you, I need to finish up our fund and then maybe there's a way we can we can partner together. So excited to, to kind yeah, of come on and, and see what's happening. Yeah, we're really excited about it. And, you know, you know, some of the coolest stuff, uh, you know, when you're looking on the back end of this is, you know, we also have multiple outs. So we're, we're protecting our investors because these are individual lots. So if the market does shift and we need to exit that way, we could always put together HOA and sell them off. If, if we're in a market that happens to turn to really hot to where residential prices would out, outpace the multifamily valuation, we could do that. And then also as we're developing these out, we're able to do them in tranches instead of a 50 or 100 unit building, like if we were doing a large multifamily, like we were discussing at the beginning, you can't get a certificate of occupancy until you finish that whole building. We could get a CO for each individual house. So if we do 10 or 20, and then something happens to where we need to shut it down for a while, we could do that. And we could rent out those 10 or 20 that we already finished. Right. So we have a ton of flexibility, which I think in this market, politics, the economy, it's good to have that flexibility. So that, that's one of the main pieces we were trying to put together with all of that's this. That's really interesting, man. You're saying in order, this, just so we're clear for people who are listening, what he's saying is if the multifamily apartment building, if you're doing new construction, isn't completed, you can't start moving people in there, you know, and you got 50% of your building finished rather, but on the single family development, what he's doing here and creating communities is 
if the plan was to build a hundred houses, but you got to 40 and something shifted really quickly, you know, you could still rent out those 40 houses and start having an income coming in. So kind of, again, hedging, you know, where you always, I mean, the, the best investments, yes, you got to plan for, are there risk? Of course there are risk, right? It's not if, but when, and really hedging against those. So that makes a ton of sense, man. Well, Derek, um, in terms of this fund, how can people learn more get and get, get in touch with you? Yeah, I mean, they can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Invest with Drinko, I think is my handle on LinkedIn. And then they could also go to realwealthrealimpact.com and they, they could enter their information on that and watch a few videos if they want a webinar and get in touch with us that way, set up a call. Realwealthrealimpact.com. Yep. That's a cool domain, man. You came up with that. Yeah, thank you, man. <laughs> How much did that cost you? Was that a $20 one or was that a $200 one? I think it was $11.99. Oh, that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. I, I love I love a good um, a good domain. Uh, man, excited about this. We'll put those that information in the show notes as well. Um, hey, I want to remind our audience, uh, just we got a ton of things coming up. I think this episode is going to go live in just a, a few short weeks. We actually have a in-person workshop. I believe Derek's going to be there in February at the um, in San Diego, California. Um, in terms of helping with marketing, you know, one of the big things that uh, Derek is coming in and I think getting a lot of help with and is, I mean, as he said, he's doing a 506C offering, which means he's going to have to go raise a lot of money. And so marketing is key in 2021 to help grow his business. And so we are doing a live in-person workshop with Kingdom REI um, for real estate investors, operators who are serious about growing their brand and their business and really developing a story around their brand and then how to go tell that story um, to thousands of people in order to find clients that are that are ready and willing to work with you. So if you're interested in that workshop, um, go to thekingdomrei.com forward slash events. Um, I think it's actually thekingdomrei.com. Just go to thekingdomrei.com um, and, and you'll find a, a link to be able to, to attend that event. That's in San Diego. Go February 26th and 27th uh, as well. I think that's going to be an awesome event. So I want to make sure people knew about that too. Um, Derek, man, loved having you on, bro. Any final words? No, man, I appreciate the time and um, look forward to speaking with anyone, you know, about the the development side or, you know, talking to them about, you know, faith in Christ, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm happy yeah. to do that. Yeah. Again, if you're looking for a great operator, Derek's your guy. If you have, if you, uh, you know, he's definitely looking for folks too on the alternative um, development side, reach out to him. And if you're, you're an investor and you're curious about things like this, you can reach out to Derek. Uh, enjoy this conversation, man. Everybody will see you next week. Cheers. See you. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you are a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to thekingdomrei.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers. Cheers.